Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! All right, welcome, welcome. The Arone Sports Podcast, NFL Week 3 is here. Frank Arone is always on, is your host. And uh, it was a little bit of a strange week, too, from a couple perspectives, uh, specifically as a Vikings fan with Bradford getting out there early. And it uh, wasn't the best week from either me nor Rob on our picks of the week after starting out hot there in Week 1. But uh, let's go out to Vegas and bring him on the line. How you doing there, Rob? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Trying to make some money after, I think we both got a little loosened up by the juice last week, I believe. So I'll try to come back and get some get some winners and get in the positive uh, units wise there. Yeah, definitely. No, I was a little disappointed there. I was debating between the two of them for the the pick of the week and went the wrong way and snapped a whatever eleven or twelve game week winning streak there. But what are you gonna do? It's a it's a bright opportunity to start up a new streak. So let's uh, quick. Break out a little uh, re- recap there from week two. The weekend recap. So, like you pretty much already alluded to, um, I know I went one on one of my official releases. I had the the over in that Oakland Jets game that got there super easily. It ended up scoring sixty five points total. I was only trying to get over forty three and a half, so spot on there. But on the flip side, uh, rode that Chicago bandwagon a little too long, and and it crashed and. <laughs> Uh, barely got away alive there, but, uh, you know, it happens. Um, what are you going to do? It's just kind of a, a bad bad read on my part, and uh, basically the Tampa side of the equation, I think, more so than anything, they came out a lot hotter than I expected. So just got to chalk it up and, and move on. So what what did you do last week exactly? Yeah, I went 2-2, two and two, so I got just same as you, except for I had two more plays and just got a little bit more, lost a little more juice. But, uh, yeah, I had Chicago as well. It's kind of just a game where – you can kind of tell pretty early on they just didn't have much of a chance. Just like you said, chalk it up and a little worried about that, but I I thought it'd be more so Tampa coming back a little rough uh, for the first week, but obviously not. They came out came out a blazing, and then I had Washington won pretty easily. I won't say easily, but they were kind of in control of that game the whole time, in my opinion, and that's what we were saying, or at least I was saying last week. I thought that line was quite a bit off, and once it got to three, I jumped on it right before kickoff, about an hour, hour and a half before kickoff, so kind of late release, but still enough time to get to the window, I would think, if you're if you're paying attention. And then I had Tennessee, which is a pretty easy winner as well. Um, the halftime was a pretty close game, but then they kind of just blew the doors off with the running game against Jacksonville there, and 37-16 final, laying a point and a half. I thought that was kind of just a bad a bad line with Jacksonville overhyped and everything, and Bortles, and he got a little garbage time as usual. And then I had that over in Carolina, which I really liked one pretty much right away, but uh, just never I, – I got a good number, a decent number. Not like it was way better, but closed at about 43, 43 and a half. So it's a point in front of value of the, of the market, which isn't a ton. Uh, not going over any key numbers, but still definitely take it. But just uh, it's a pretty wrong opinion. I don't know. That, that Carolina defense is playing pretty good. So we'll see this week if it's more the defense that Carolina is good or if it's more just uh, – the, the teams they're playing, so that'll be a good test, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah, and that was your pick of the week, right? Was that over in that game? Yeah, correct. So, yeah, it's uh, for, between the two of us, you had an over that didn't get there by but almost 30 points, and I had a side that it lost by was getting seven and lost more than 20. So <laughs> as a collective, it's not a great, uh, you know, great pick of the week there, but, you know, it's you got to be transparent about it. And other than that, we've been on a pretty good run. So let's try to bounce back here in week three and see what we can uncover and try to try to make some money. Well, that's a nice part, so too. I was going to say real quick, the nice part is a loser's a loser. So whether you lose by a point or half a point or, or 30 points, it's not going to make a difference. That's one saving grace there. It's nice. To, I'd rather be in that boat where it's just not a chance at all rather than having it be or, you know, one thing happens that's unlucky or, or what have you. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, specifically in my case, they are taking a fairly big dog that scares people away that it might be a game like that where you can just tell early on you're pretty much toast. But like you said, it doesn't matter if you lose at the last second or you lose by 30, as long as it cashes, you know, 52.5% of the time or more, you're going to win in the long run. So sometimes you just got to take that as it comes and move on and have a short memory. It's, uh, you know, not always the worst quality to have at, at times. See what you can learn from it. And if there's just nothing like that game, you just move on. So let's uh, get right into the games here. We got a pretty great one to start it off on Thursday. Uh, we got the Rams at San Francisco, little California battle here. Looks like the the Rams are laying two and a half on the road, two at some places with a total of forty. What do you got on this one? Yeah, my guess here was the Rams minus one and a half power rating. Rams minus two and a half opener and look ahead at the Westgate uh, was Rams two and a half as well. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say here. It's another garbage Thursday night game. <laughs> Pick your poison type of deal. I would just kind of on my power ratings, uh, a tiny bit higher than the market here, sitting at about two. Uh, my power rating two and a half. So I mean, that'd be the way I would slight lean maybe be towards the Rams because I think they are a decent amount better team. But obviously, you're paying a little road chalk here. So, but San Francisco not much of a home field advantage either. But I don't highly doubt I'll be getting involved in this one unless something crazy happens and. Not in a game I'm not even going to be watching much either, probably because I got volleyball Thursday night, so it might be a good one to miss. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <clears throat> my guess on this one was the Rams minus two, so pretty much in tune with the market. Um, you know, they, I think the Rams are kind of, you kind of know what they are for the most part. Like that first week against the Colts was way more of a, uh, you know, they looked way better than they should have just because the Colts were so bad. And then last week, losing to the Redskins at homes, at homes kind of, uh, you know, evens it out for how hot or cold people are on them. So I think they're an okay team, maybe slightly below average. And then the Niners, on the other hand, kind of were the opposite, where they looked horrific there in week one against Carolina and then bounced back to put up a respectable effort on the road and cover pretty easily against Seattle last week. So I don't think you uh, – it's hard to tell exactly what to make of these two teams. I think the Rams are better, but, of course, the price already has that priced in, laying points on the road here on a short week. Um, on these Thursday night games, as we've talked over and over again, are just kind of weird. So, uh, yeah, as for me, I don't have really any opinion on the total or the side or really anything about this game. And I'll probably watch, you know, at least the first half and see if it's competitive. But if it's not, I might not even watch the whole lot of this game. So, for me, it's just pretty easy pass. And let's move on to the Sunday games. Looks like we got a, a London game here. Baltimore and the London hometown Jacksonville Jaguars that are there every single year. Um, looks like Baltimore is laying four with a total of 40 or so. Yeah, my guess here, Baltimore minus three. Power rating, Baltimore minus four and a half, and that was the opener and look ahead as well. And I want to double check that at Westgate. Yeah, it was kind of low, but then it kind of got bet up right away. It opened up. A, I don't My numbers, I don't know. Okay, that's what it is. On the, the look ahead, it was three. And then it got bet up to four and a half, so that's the one I used for the look ahead. What it closed at, uh, if that makes any sense on the look ahead. Uh, um, but so yeah, clearly here I'd look towards the Baltimore side if anything. But it's another game where Jack. It's almost a home game for. I mean, it's technically a home game for Jacksonville on the on the scheduling aspect. But in reality, they're both traveling to neutral. But if anything, Jacksonville, it's like the you know the England's team. So it'll be interesting to see if they how they perform. But I don't. I don't really want to. Baltimore is not really a team I'm too confident laying points with right now, especially over a field goal. And Jacksonville, I'm not really that high on, but I think they have some potential as well, especially after kind of getting embarrassed last week. So I think I'm pretty pretty sure I'm just going to stay away from this one as well. I don't really see anything happening with this game. Yeah, it's. I mean, Baltimore is a team, even though they're two and zero and have won fairly easily. They're a team that. I just haven't been that excited about and don't really continue to be. And, you know, maybe I'm being too stubborn with that, but, uh, you know, beating that Cincy team and then Jack or, uh, Cleveland last week, I don't think either of those wins are super impressive, but, uh, and then also they're pretty injury riddled. So I'd, I'd like to go against Baltimore, but I also just don't have any faith in Jacksonville. So it's, you know, they put up one good performance against Houston and then one bad one against Tennessee. So, I don't think they're that good, and their their defense is solid. But again, do you trust Bortles really ever? Especially when you're only catching, you know, a little bit more than a field goal. It's 
it's a little tough, um, but at the same time, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in laying more than a field goal with his Baltimore offense, uh, with how many injuries they got. So, I don't know. It's I, I'd kind of almost have a slight lean to the under, but uh, at forty, you know, and already kind of getting bet down. You see thirty nine, thirty nine and a half popping up already. That's not a whole lot of wiggle room, and and across the board here, the unders have been pretty hot um, so far this year, and maybe that's more of what's to come, but. Uh, I think it also is kind of shading the market down a little bit. So there's potential that you kind of miss the market, not getting in, uh, you know, miss the boat a little bit, not getting in a little bit earlier. So um, this isn't a game I have total confidence in just because, you know, Bortles pick six or two, and it's it's pretty hard to stay under 39 and a half. Uh, and, then, and also with the London deal, you never know what, what that might do. It might increase scoring. It might make the offenses out of sync. Uh, I think it's just kind of another – Fairly easy stay away, and maybe a game where if you're watching it, uh, you wake up Sunday morning, you watch it, you see something, you kind of can pull out of maybe you could grab a second half or an end game or something along those lines, but I don't really have too strong of an opinion here going into it. Uh, then let's get to the Sunday slate. Uh, looks like the first game up we got is <laughs> another pretty good one here. Uh, we got Cleveland and Indianapolis. Looks like Cleveland's uh, laying some chalk on the road here. About a one-point favorite, although it's got bet down in a couple places, and it's down to a pick. Uh, total of about 40.5. What do you got on this one? Yeah, I didn't really know where to make this game. I just put it at a pick, power rating a pick. Uh, opener at the Westgate was Cleveland minus, laying some road check, chalk minus 2.5, and, and the look ahead was Cleveland minus 3. So it's kind of crazy. It went down a little bit from the opener or the, the, yeah, the opener between the look ahead. But, yeah, kind of settled in right where I expected to be right in that pick range. Just one pick somewhere in there, and... Yeah, like I said, pick your poison. I don't know what to do. This is another game where you have to look towards the under, you'd think, if, if you're going to look at the total. I mean, it's already pretty low at 40, 40 and a half, but side, I don't really have an opinion. And, and total, I, I don't know if I really want to get involved at a total that low. And But I think that'd be the way I'd look if you could maybe get a 40 and a half or if it gets bet up at all, maybe come back and uh, go against the steam. So. But I think right now it's another uh, another pass for me. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I'm not going to be betting this game. And you might need to <laughs> get help if you are, just based on how little we can really feel confident about these teams. But I mean, in what kind of world is Cleveland laying road jock? <laughs> I mean, there's I can see a little bit of optimism for them, but uh, oh boy, I mean, they definitely haven't looked too impressive here. Even though they got that cover against the Steelers week one, it was kind of somewhat of a fluky cover, and then last week, you know, not looking good at all, and Kaiser looked hor- horrible at times. It's just pretty crazy that uh, that they're laying points on the road, but uh, you know at the same time, I, do you have any faith in Jacoby Brissett to you know win, close out a game or and Chuck Pagano even even furthermore? Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, maybe it has a chance to be an entertaining bad game, but uh, definitely won't be uh, one of the games I'm watching too closely in the early slate here, and for sure won't have a bet on it. So. Might as well just move on and see if there's any takeaways we can take out of it going into next week, but I don't think there's anything that's too actionable for uh, profiting this week. And the next game we got is Pittsburgh at Chicago. My fight in Chicago Bears. Uh, looks like Pittsburgh's laying 7.5 or so on the road and a total of 45. Yeah, my guess here, Pittsburgh minus 7, power rating, Pittsburgh minus 6.5. Westgate open, Pittsburgh minus 7.5, and, and the look ahead was Pittsburgh minus 6.5. Like you said, sitting at seven and some seven and a half at some shops, or yeah, seven with some juice, and yeah, kind of anywhere in that range. So just for my power range, it tells me I should bet on Chicago, which I don't know if I want to go back to the well or not, but it, it's just really hard to tell because it, it seems like they might be one of those teams that just might be quitting. Not not already, but it seems like they could potentially be the, one of those teams that are quitting that you might just keep losing money on. So I don't know if I want to go back to the the well again this week or not. So that's something I have to figure out, especially see where the market moves it. I mean, if it goes up any higher at all, I think it, you kind of might might be forced to take it. Just just forcing you to take the Chicago at home, but Pittsburgh hasn't looked that great in my opinion. I mean, they look solid, kind of just enough to get the job done, but nothing. Their offense really hasn't been clicking on all cylinders like it was at the end of last season. So I'm kind of fearful of that that that's going to be happening here at some point. Uh, I just don't really know when. Uh, and then Chicago, with, who knows with the the way their team's formulated and everything with Glennon, if if the fans kind of calling for his head and what's what's going to happen there, if he can stay alive or not, and you know, that might get a little little dicey situation there. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But 
to me, it's either Chicago or Pats. I just can't. I'm not going to lay over a touchdown here with this Pittsburgh team that hasn't even been able to cover by big margins, uh, like you'd expect. You know, kind of like Oakland has done last week. They're not even when they don't have a high-powered offense going right now. It's kind of hard to lay this many points, especially on the road. So, like I said, it's going to be a Chicago. Uh, if I can, if I feel like doing it later in the week, but for now, I'm just going to be staying away. But uh, definitely could change before before game time. Well, yeah, I mean Pittsburgh, they sneak by that Cleveland team that we just talked about isn't overly, overly impressive by any means, and then they come back and they beat a Bradfordless Vikings, you know, fairly easily, but it wasn't like they were tearing it up against them. And now they turn around and they're laying over a touchdown on the road against not one of the worst three teams in the league. Definitely seems like uh, you know there's a fairly decent case to be made for Chicago, but uh, the only reason. I probably won't. It's just because Chicago, kind of like with Baltimore earlier, there's a ton of injuries going on with that Chicago team right now. Um, and not, not that make an excuse for why they lost so much last week, but um, kind of like you said, when not that they're necessarily going to be quitting, but when teams start go- losing like that and things start going south and then they're injured besides that and they don't have a lot of their best playmakers in the game, it's just super hard to come back. So... And I can see where teams might kind of start putting their head down and just not not being able to, to come back. So in the Pittsburgh, it's one of those cases where they've kind of been labeled as one of the best top three teams or so in the league um, from the beginning of the season. And, and even though they haven't, you know, kind of a no-fall no situation where they haven't lost yet, even though they haven't looked super impressive, I think they're just kind of getting grandfathered in here to being kind of thought of as the class of the league. Uh, again, in this price range here, but at the same time, if if they do kind of put it together, or you know, just have a a game where it clicks a little bit more, uh, they could very easily blow out Chicago. So it is a little tough, and I don't know if Chicago is going to have enough fight in them to fight back at all if Pittsburgh does kind of put it together. So I like like you, the only way I'd look here is Chicago, but I also don't know if I'm going to muster the courage to get back on them uh, after last week. Just because if it is a situation where they are kind of laying over uh, at some point, you know, you could just keep burning money on a team, even though I think it's a little bit inflated. Um, it might not be inflated enough uh, based on that. So probably just uh, stay away from this one and and probably look down the board and find some better opportunities to get involved with. Uh, next game we got is Miami at the Jets. Miami's laying six on the road with a total of 41 to 42, somewhere in there. Yeah, my guess here, Miami minus four and a half. Power rating, Miami minus four and a half. The opener at the Westgate was six and a half, and the look ahead was Miami minus five and a half. And I don't know. It's, uh, came in a little bit more than my power rating, so it tells me to take the Jets, but it's kind of a similar situation. You know, how much, how many times do you want to keep betting on these just horrific teams, the bottom feeders of the league? It seems just seems kind of the start of this year. It seems like these kind of teams might be the ones that are going to be pretty costly all season long. I just kind of have that feeling. So if there's obviously there's pretty pretty much always going to get value on the Jets this year. That's kind of a given going forward. At least a point or two of value, depending on who they're playing and a few other situations. But it, like I said, I don't know how much money you want to keep investing in these teams. So. Like I said, you're probably getting right now. Just judging my, my judging by my power ratings, I'd say a point and a half of value. But so we'll see if it t- if it takes any higher. But yeah, it looks like a little bit of money coming on the Jets, moving from six and a half to six. But still some six and a halfs out there. So I don't know if I really see this game getting to seven or not. But if it does, I'll probably just have to take the Jets blind. But uh, I don't know. I don't f- don't feel super confident in the Jets. But I don't. And then you look at the other side. I'm not going to be taking Cutler and Miami on the road when they've been traveling for so long and with everything going on with with Irma down south so uh yeah I don't think there's much more to be said on this game for me I like I said Jets if it gets high enough uh, otherwise we'll be passing yeah it's interesting with uh the Jets basically like you were saying um they kind of it's almost a little similar to Cleveland last year when you have the clear bottom feeders of the league and you can tell every week they're inflated the point spread by a point point and a half two points which obviously in the nfl is extremely significant you're like well that's just too many points but at some point if you just they keep burning money for you it's like well is that really value <laughs> even if it is uh, kind of off what the market should be what you think it, it truly should be uh, maybe the teams 
that are just that bad um, are just unbackable at some level. Whether the Jets are in that category or not, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to quite put them there. But uh, you know, just they haven't looked uh, too lively yet. Obviously, getting blown out by Oakland and then uh, not getting the cover against Buffalo Week One. So here's a case where, kind of like I did with them last week, uh, I think they might be a little bit. Not necessarily frisky in terms of coverings. I think their defense is horrible, but I think you know maybe McCown, you know he's a veteran. He can maybe put a drive together here and there and score some points. But uh, in this situation, when you got a division game like this, and Miami that is a team that can run the ball quite a bit, if you get in a situation where Miami takes an early lead and kind of starts running the clock, and uh, the Jets just can't stop them defensively, but they're also not pushing the ball too much. It's going to be kind of hard to clear the total of 41 and a half, 42, somewhere in there. So this isn't really the perfect uh, setup of a game to take this Jets team over the total. So uh, I think it's going to be another week where I'm going to kind of pass on them and either wait for a better situation to go over with them or wait for a, more of a definitive sign whether they actually have some life to them or not. Because I doubt that I'm going to be betting against them hardly at all this year just because they are going to be a little bit overinflated and have some extra value on them. Uh, it's just a matter of me whether I feel like there's any kind of a buy sign at all on them or not. So it's kind of a wait-and-see approach there. Uh, next game up we got is kind of an interesting one. We got Denver at Buffalo. It uh, looks like Denver's laying about three on the road and a total of 40 and a half. Yeah, and say real quick, a couple steam moves just came in on that Chicago Pittsburgh under from forty five and a half. Now it's down to about forty four, forty four and a half at the sharper book, so um and then also a steam move on that Carolina New New Orleans under, which we'll get to. But uh yeah, right here, Denver Buffalo, I had my guess was Denver minus four and a half actually, and power rating Denver minus six. Westgate opened Denver minus one and a half, and the look ahead was Buffalo minus one and a half. And I'm a little bit uh overreaction maybe on my part of my power ratings there at six i think that's for sure but pretty obvious this is the one that stood out to me when i go through my all my numbers and lines and stuff in the afternoon game to the sunday slate go through everything and see what the openers are and get all my numbers intact before the openers come out so i can kind of watch the screen as the numbers pop up at each book and the few books that release them right there on sunday afternoon and this is the one that stood off the page the most to me it took it immediately i got a one denver minus one i believe at a uh, bookmaker and took that and now now we're seeing three across the board with some mostly juice if anything on the favorite of denver so i i think i told you this right away but i won't be surprised if this gets to over three gets to, if it gets to a three and a half i don't know if it gets much higher than that or even much higher than it is now but i don't think we're going to see a lot of buyback on buffalo so i don't know if i'll be keeping my Denver in my pocket before game time for I try to just grab a three with, you know, even money I could get right now or maybe even a little bit better than that and take Buffalo as a middle and then I have a, a pretty decent window there. It should be a positive EV bet for sure. So I don't know, I'll have to figure that out before game time and kinda of watch this market. But definitely like the the bet I got already with Denver minus one and I think that was a pretty bad line that they put up and now obviously it's getting adjusted and put and hammered into place by the by the better, so we'll see what happens here. But cl- clearly, I'm going to be looking Denver's side. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, even if this line gets quite a bit higher, I don't think I'll take Buffalo just for the fact that they just offenses look pretty bad. And it's one of those things where they could look pretty good in one week. So I won't be extremely shocked if they pulled the upset here. But I think uh, more times than not, it's going to be a Denver kind of just the way they've looked. They look like a pretty solid team. On I'm specifically impressed on the offense and what Simeon's been able to do. It's been you know, it looks like a team that's going to be pretty dangerous if they can keep uh, keep it up and stay stay off the IRs and injuries. So yeah, definitely like like the game quite a bit where you got it at one. Uh, it's now when it's up to three. It just feels kind of like you're you're when you're laying the full field goal on the road here with the Denver team that didn't even have like a ton of market support really coming into the year, and then a Buffalo team that didn't really either. But just you know, at least with the home field advantage and you figure to have a solid defense, it just kind of feels like you're paying pretty pretty big premium here on Denver at at the three. So at this point, um, yeah, it's just I don't really feel strongly about it either way because I do think Denver's probably going to win the game uh, more more often than not so you know at, at below three it, it's solid but when it's if a three is just a push it's pretty hard to contemplate laying that and like you said it might even go higher than that so uh, at this point if you kind of missed the boat already uh, i don't really feel like there's a whole lot of value 
But if I, you know, if I was forced to play this game in, in a contest or or what what's up, whatnot, I'd probably still lean Denver. But uh, you know, one of those things where it wouldn't be surprising at all if after coming off this huge win against Dallas, Denver kind of has a letdown here going on the road for the first time. So we'll see how it plays out. But another game where you got a couple of pretty solid defenses, you kind of want to take this one under the total again. But another total just sitting right at 40, 40 and a half. That, not that it's impossible to go under those, but it, it's a, one of those where it could be a dead nuts under game and just a couple fluky things happen, you know, punt return here or pick six here, and, and it just clears that total even though it has no business doing it. So, um, you know, it's just kind of a kind of a tricky tricky number there at the total. So I'd, that's the way I'd lean is under again, but I don't feel super confident to lay any kind of serious money on it, but I might might nibble on the under. We'll see see how it is. Um, next game we got is Houston at New England. Looks like New England's about a 13-point favorite here at home and a total of 43.5, And my guess here, New England minus 12.5, power rating 12.5, Westgate opener 12 and a half and then look ahead was New England minus 12. So it's again slightly higher than what my power ratings and everything are, which is kind of a little bit expected. Just a little bit of extra value betting against New England. But, you know, who knows? Like I said, it's pretty much right where this number should be, I think, just judging off what I have. So I really don't see much in this game at all. I think this total is a slightly low, maybe. It just kind of judging off a New England game when it's 43 and a half, 44 with their offense and everything. But Houston's kind of just looked dead on offense, and their defense has looked decent for the most part. So it originally kind of like when I first saw it, say, oh, it looks looks a tad low, and they kind of look into it a little bit more, and it seems like it might be might be at 44. I think is about right. So. I don't uh, have a huge play on the total and or side, and uh, it'd be anywhere. It'd obviously, be Houston taking the points. I'm not going to be laying this this many points almost for sure in the in the NFL here. Uh, but I don't think it'll get high enough for him to be on be able to take Houston. So I'll probably be passing this game. Yeah, you got Houston off that Thursday night against Cincinnati that just sloppy all around. Who knows what to make of that? And then oh yeah, coming off Jacksonville extra rest, huh? What was that? Coming off of extra rest. I forgot about that. Yeah, say, I mean, you got to factor that in a little bit, especially when Watson was, uh, you know, kind of injured going into the last week a little bit. I think that's kind of the reason that since he got steamed up there pretty good, um, and he didn't, he Watson didn't look great by any means, but he at least looked healthy and had that one run there before half to score a touchdown. So, I'd, not that I have much interest in Houston here, but that, again, yeah, like you said, that's the only way I could look. And um, it, as far as the total goes, it's you just kind of got a bunch of uh, conflicting information because you got New England's offense that looked pretty good last week, and even though they didn't look spectacular against Kansas City in week one, but I think they have a pretty fair, fairly high level of confidence so they got a pretty good offense versus a pretty good Houston defense. And then on the flip side, you got a Houston offense that's been struggling, hasn't done a whole lot versus New England defense that really hasn't been impressive at all. So it's like, well, what gives here? Um, you know, I don't know. If you have a strong opinion... 44 is a really fair number to go over or under, but obviously it's there for a reason, and, and I don't feel strongly about which one of those is, uh, you know, the right the right way to go there. So I'll probably be on the sidelines for this. And yeah, games up on these point spreads, unless you, unless I have a pretty strong opinion on the dog, which I really don't in this case. I'm still kind of on a wait and see approach with Houston for the most part, and um, yeah, there's there's definitely potential for me to start riding them at some point here if, if I gain a little bit of confidence in Watson or, uh, you know, the defense just really turns it on and, and they don't turn it over on offense at all and you're, they're catching points, not not this high, but, you know, in the touchdown range. I could definitely see myself getting on Houston in the future, but in this spot I just don't don't particularly have enough faith in them yet or, or totally trust them to, to keep this low. I feel like New England, you know, if they do get rolling, uh, they – they might not be able to score 40 points themselves, but I still don't have enough faith in Houston to get up there and score 20 or so to, to get the cover. So um, I guess that's a long roundabout way of saying I really don't have any opinion on this game. <laughs> so let's uh, go to the next one. We got New Orleans at Carolina. Little NFC South showdown. Looks like Carolina is a six-point favorite at home with a total of 47, 47.5, somewhere in there. 
Yeah, my guess here, Carolina minus four. Power rating was Carolina minus three, actually. Uh, opener, Carolina minus six. Look ahead with Carolina minus five and a half. And, yeah, like you said there, the total, 47, 47 and a half, just got a steam move alert, uh, as I said in a few games ago, a couple minutes ago. So a little bit of money coming on the over there, which, I mean, sorry, is that the, no, the under, right? My bad. Yeah, it's the under. Yep. It's open 49. 40, 48, 48, 48 and a half, 49, somewhere in there. So got some heavy movement on the under, which uh, makes a little bit of sense to me just with Carolina's defense. But like I said uh, at the start of the, at the show, I'm not 100% certain that Carolina's defense is, is legitimate. I think they're they're solid and good, but I think we really don't know how good they are. So it'll be really interesting to go against this high-powered New Orleans offense to see how good they actually are because I really won't be surprised for them to, to get lit up a little bit. And that's kind of what I was thinking that would happen last week. Not not necessarily lit up, but definitely give up some points, which obviously wasn't the case at all. But So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that. Uh, but this is a little bit of money coming in on New Orleans, uh, seeing some five, five-and-a-halves, or I mean five-and-a-half sixes. But I won't be surprised if this got down to five. Got a little bit more money coming on New Orleans, kind of get closer to where I think it was. Maybe I might be overacting a little bit, putting the game at three. It's definitely a little low looking back on it, but... I, I do look at the New Orleans side here. I just don't, you know, they're 0-2. They, you know, they need some need to win. And uh, going to 0-3 and trying to make the playoffs is pretty much, you know, good luck type of deal. And then Carolina, obviously 2-0. and So, and, and their offense really hasn't played that well and looked that great. So, it might be a chance for New Orleans defense. to They said it's, they said it's improved and they said it's better, but we really haven't seen it at all yet. If anything, it's just as bad as it's always been the last few years. But this will be their chance to show it against a you know divisional game with Cam that hasn't looked that great and the Carolina offense that hasn't looked that great without Greg Olson, so uh, fully healthy. So it'll be interesting. To see. I, I really like this game. It'll be an interesting matchup, I think. I'll be able to get a lot out of it, I'm, I'm hoping. So I'll be looking at the New Orleans side and – I don't see much on the total, so we'll see if I get to the window on New Orleans before uh, before kickoff. That'd be the way I'm look, I'd be looking right now. Yeah, I actually totally disagree on this one. I I guess it was going to be six and a half. Um, basically, you look at I think the Carolina defense is you can pretty safe to say they're an above average, really good unit. Uh, they well, I think they've given up a touchdown yet this year, which obviously they've played Buffalo and San Francisco, so it's been helped by that, but. Um, then New Orleans, they've been torched by the Vikings and then torched by the, the Patriots. So I, and I didn't think their defense was going to be that great coming into the year. So if you're going to ask me which one of those units is going to turn it around, the Carolina offense or the New Orleans defense, I'd say it's much more likely that Carolina gets it rolling than New Orleans shuts them down. Uh, and furthermore, you got road saints, road breeze on, on grass. You know, that's that's not uh, not something that's been historically profitable over the last couple of years, and uh, you know, I guess the, the argument you could make is it's a divisional game, and uh, like you said, Carolina just maybe isn't in a spot right now where they should be laying towards a touchdown basically against anybody with how bad their offense has been. But um, I'm that's I don't like laying this kind of point range, so I'm not going to be on Carolina necessarily, but I'd have. Uh, no hesitation putting them in teasers and I just don't think I don't think New Orleans is any good uh, their offense might get it going a little bit but the the funky dynamic there with AP and Ingram and Camaros I don't think is going to really get sorted out anytime soon and then um, I think they really have kind of underestimated the loss of uh, Brandon Cooks and basically a lot of their downfield threats I don't know who they got left that uh, Thompson or whatever his name is I just don't think they have a whole lot of playmakers anymore and not only that, they have some linemen hurt, and um, so I think if they're I think there's anything, there's a down arrow on New Orleans' offense, and that's basically what's been keeping them afloat. Uh, I don't think their defense is going to get any better. So I think the only thing you can really bank on here from from New Orleans' side is just the hopefully Carolina's offense is going to be completely inept, which you know is, is possible. Like you said, with Greg Olson out, um, you know there could be a chance where they just keep struggling, but. Um, and that's why I would be hesitant here to lay the six because I just don't really like doing that, especially in division games. But uh, and, and against also against the weak competition Carolina's been up against, it's definitely a little bit of a leap of faith here. But um, that's that's kind of the way I think I'd go. I'd probably just add Carolina and some teasers or money line parlays and that type of deal. And then in terms of the total, I definitely like the under. Um, it's obviously been hit, so you kind of missed missed some of it. But um, taking it where 
you got the good defense with an off, struggling offense versus um, you know New Orleans defense isn't any good, but um, I don't think their offense is going to necessarily torch Carolina either. So in a division game like this where um, New Orleans you know needs the win at 0-2, but Carolina's uh, even though they're at 2-0, and they haven't looked particularly impressive either. So I think they're going to want to keep pace with Atlanta. I think it's going to be a pretty hard-fought game, even though I don't think either of these teams are, are spectacular. Um, I think that's a lot of points up here. In the you, know, you look at all the other totals on the board, and they're all at you know 40 and a half, 41, 41, and then this one's all the way up at 48. Uh, I know it's a Saints game, but it seems like quite a bit of points. So that's the way I'd look: is uh, Carolina and uh, the under. So a little head-to-head on this one. Uh, and then we got the next game up is uh, Tampa Bay at Minnesota. Uh, no line on this one yet with the Bradford injury, but what uh, would you guess on this one? What was the look-ahead line? Yeah, this one, let's see, look-ahead line, Minnesota minus three. Opener, yeah, there wasn't any line, so my it's kind of hard, but I, with Bradford, I'd put this game at about four and a half would be uh, my power rating, Minnesota minus four and a half. With Bradford, without Bradford, I'd probably put it in the one to two range, somewhere in there, just under a field goal, Minnesota. So, I don't know, we'll see what happens and when it comes out and what Bradford's status is. But I'd say uh, without Bradford to Keenum, I think it's a decently significant downgrade by, like through that key number, a few points I'd say for sure. So, um, I, yeah, I'll be interested to see what this, this comes out at and see what happens here. Yeah, I pretty much agree with what those point spread ranges for what you're saying with or without Bradford. Um, yeah, I just don't want to overreact or get too bent out of shape after how bad Minnesota looked last week with Keenum in there and, uh, you know, overreact. But at the same time, it's hard to have a whole lot of confidence that he's going to get the job done. But it's obviously a huge help having a week of practice and coming back home and whatnot. So there's a few factors where you could make a case for Keenum opening it up and playing uh, more productively for uh, the Vikes here. And then, of course, Tampa coming off that huge opening win and now going on the road. It's not a great spot for them, so uh, it's it could be a situation where if specifically if Bradford's ruled out, there could be a huge market swing and overreaction towards Tampa, and I'd be pretty tempted to take some bikes if they ever got to an underdog. But you know who knows if that's going to happen. We we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out here this week. Uh, so we got let's see two two early games left. Uh, the next one up we got is Atlanta at Detroit. It's like Atlanta's. Laying three here on the road with a total of 49.50. Yeah, my guess here, Atlanta minus 2.5, power rating Atlanta minus 3, and that was the open round to look at as well, Atlanta minus 3. So another game, Detroit looked, I think I'd definitely say Detroit's looked impressive to me. I'm kind of shocked. I was Everybody I listened to and trust, they, they thought that Detroit was going to be the downer in the NFC North this year, and I, if anything, well, obviously they have the best record, but They've, they have looked pretty solid. I don't really think it's a whole lot of smoke and mirrors. They, that Arizona team they played the first week, I think it's definitely pretty bad. So that might have been looked a lot better than it actually was. But I think it was decently impressive what they did on Monday night But it against the Giants. But, I mean, that's another team that might be just really bad too. So, I mean, it'll be another interesting matchup here against Atlanta because I think Atlanta's been pretty good. So it'll be a good, good test of skill here and see what team is good and see what we can gather out of it. But, this number comes in right where I'd expect it to be, and a little bit of money just came in on the over, and that pushed it up to now it's sitting about 50 uh, at some of the sharper shops. So, uh, so yeah, it makes sense to me, a little bit of money on the on the over with these two teams and the high-powered offenses. So I don't really think I'll have a bet on this one. It's just kind of hard to figure out where, where to go unless it, maybe if it gets a 3.5, I might take some Detroit. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree um, pretty much fully with Everything you said, uh, these are two teams that I've kind of been down on coming into the year. And uh, I kind of liked the Packers last week and, and got burned by Atlanta there. Um, even though I got my pick of the week through betting against Atlanta on week one. So it's you know kind of been a little hit and miss uh, going against them. And then Detroit, I uh, kind of liked Arizona against them week one and lost that. And then yesterday I just didn't have a whole lot of opinion based on not really feeling confident enough in the Giants. So... In a game like this where there's two teams that I kind of want to bet against, and you know, even though Detroit has looked pretty impressive and Atlanta looked pretty impressive last week, so you don't want those things you don't want to necessarily be too stubborn and just keep banging your head against the wall if you're if you're wrong on opinion. So maybe the Lions are better than I thought, but 
Uh, this game should be fairly telling, I think. Uh, I mean, I guess, of course, you can always make the case that no matter who wins, you, you won't give them a whole lot of credit because you'll say, well, I'm down on the other team. So it really wasn't that impressive of a win looking back on it. Uh, but, you know, who, who knows? We'll, we'll see how it all plays out and uh, hopefully pick up some some valuable information going forward on some level. I, I do agree with the early money here and with you a little bit on the over. It's when you look at compare this to all the other numbers too, though it is you know significantly higher than most of them up at this range. But you know obviously there's a reason for that, and that's the way I'd look. Not not all in necessarily, but on the over, but um, maybe worthy of a smaller bet. And and uh, I think there's a pretty decent chance to get there. Uh, so the last early game we got is the Giants at Philadelphia, little NFC East battle. It uh, looks like the Philadelphia is about a six-point favorite here with a total of 43, 43 and a half. Yeah, and I did mine here, before, like I said, in the afternoon on Sunday, so it might be even a little lower than I would have put it at. But I had, guess, Philly minus four and a half is my guess. A power rating Philly minus three and a half, and that was the opener as well at Westgate. And then the look ahead was Philadelphia minus three. So, yeah, that shows you how much after that Monday night performance with the Giants, how much they downgraded them just up to five and a half six so it, it's i don't know it's hard to i like philly like i like what they're doing they've looked pretty impressive wentz has looked improving but i think he's still got some more you know somewhere to go which i think is a good thing if anything he's still got he hasn't hit a ceiling ceiling by any means so i think that's good he still has a uh, improvement to be made so but it's kind of tough uh with the giants because they just look so bad so it'll be uh, you're already getting the point value just from the look ahead lines. You can just tell how much their the perception has changed just from that Monday night game. And like just like I said, it's gone two and a half points, three three and a half points from the week before just from the, the, their one performance. So and in Philadelphia, this is Philadelphia coming off a loss against Kansas City too. It's not even not even like they blew somebody out or looked super impressive by any means. So it's clearly just a Giants related move. So not that I totally disagree, but. You, Clearly, the value I think in my head is uh, on the Giants side here, and it's just a matter of whether I get to the window. Uh, and total forty three, forty three and a half. I'd I'd say that's about right. Maybe slightly high. I think maybe it should be sitting forty two and a half or so. Maybe a point or two high, uh, point point and a half high. So I maybe have a slight lean to the under, and I'll be looking at the Giants side here, and we'll see if uh, see where this line goes. I I would assume it kind of sit right in here before kickoff. I don't see a whole lot of movement because it'd be hard to imagine Philly gets up to a full seven. And I don't really see Giants taking a whole lot of money uh, to get it down to where it'd be some where it's meaningful, meaningful down to th- you know three or three and a half. So I'd say say there isn't a huge sense of urgency, but if uh, I might might get in if I can get the Giants, I can see a six and a half right now. I can take, so I might have to hop in and take that. I just out of principle, I think. Yeah, pretty much completely agree again. Um, I think Philly. I think they're a little bit better than average team, probably. Give them some credit for holding in there against the. Chiefs last week, even though they didn't quite get the cover, it was still a competitive game on the road. Uh, and then the Giants couldn't look a whole lot worse here the first couple weeks, both times in prime time. So, you know, they're, I think the values on the Giants is a matter of whether you want them or not, and I don't. <laughs> so, I, even any time a team looks that bad in prime time two weeks in a row, it's not going to be easy to take them. But I wasn't particularly high on the Giants coming into the year, even though some people were. Uh, so, they're not necessarily the profile of a team that I'm too enamored with. So I think for me, this is a pretty easy pass. Um, like I, I totally agree with the total as well. I think it might be a point high or point and a half at the most, but I also don't have, uh, it's like when you talk about like the possibility of outcomes, like the range of outcomes with the team, um, the giants, I just think have a, such a wide range of potential outcomes right now that I just don't feel confident necessarily when you're talking about getting a point or two of value here or there. Uh, they're just a team that I I just don't think that the the variance in their, their outcomes is going to be small enough where I feel confident that that extra point or two of value is going to be enough to overcome the paying the 110 on the on the juice. So in that situation, it's just a fairly easy pass, and you know, maybe we'll get an entertaining game or pick up on something we can take to go forward with. Uh, so now it looks like we only got three afternoon games again, which is pretty annoying. But uh, yeah, I guess we guess it is what it is. Uh, the first one up is at least a pretty good one here. 
We got Seattle at Tennessee. Looks like Tennessee is about a two and a half point favorite. Uh, 42 and a half, 43 the total. What do you got on this one? My guess here was a pick, power rating a pick. Westgate opened Tennessee minus two, and the look ahead was Seattle minus one. So, I mean, that's just the you know the basics right there from the handicap of seeing how much of the overreaction, or I won't say overreaction, but how much of a reaction from the week before. And clearly that's a three-point adjustment there. Not that it's a huge move because it's just a, from one to two, but one on the other side to Seattle all the way to two to Tennessee. So it's not a huge adjustment because they're not going through any key numbers. But still, I think it's got to be noted. It's it kind of, do you think Seattle's, um, flawed here that that flawed or not I, I don't know I'm I think I've kind of made a little bit of a bad power rating but at the same time it just Tennessee how much how good they looked week I was on Tennessee both both weeks first week and second week and they obviously had pretty easy cash and pretty good game they played second week and then the first week it, the yardages against Oakland was pretty similar but they didn't really you know just couldn't, just couldn't get it done and just kind of couldn't keep it together towards the end and and ended up losing and not even getting close to covering so I I I think that Seattle bounced back after two pretty bad weeks of no offense at all, but it's kind of hard to tell with that offensive line. Maybe it's just so bad and poor, kind of like the Vikings were at the end of the season last year, how they just were so banged up that they just couldn't do anything, and it might be kind of a situation like that. So, uh, but with Tennessee, I don't. It's uh, both these teams. I'm really kind of not really sure what to do with, to be honest. So in a game like that, that's where I'm definitely going to be leaning towards Seattle, just getting the points, especially if you get a full three here, which I can find in a few of my shops I have. And so that'd be the way I'd be looking, but I'm not super confident either. But I don't think I want to take Tennessee laying points against a Seattle team that we're really not sure what we got. So uh be Seattle for me or our pass at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't talked about basically any of these games other than like you said you mentioning that Denver Buffalo game earlier and how off we thought that line was at open but um basically I, w- I was going to make the same exact case on both these teams and and kind of the same recommendation here so uh, I guess there's not really a whole lot of need for me to repeat what you said and have the audience listen twice so yeah I completely agree and hopefully we can find something definitive about either one of these teams to take forward and uh, maybe finding a situation against, uh, you know, if, if they come out looking good against a team we don't like, or if one of them we think, like, say, Seattle just can't get that offensive line right, uh, maybe there's any chance they can hold on to some value here going forward. Maybe there's a chance we can bet against them here at some point and pick up a better two before the market totally crashes on them. But I think, yeah, it's just pretty much a wait-and-see approach with both of these teams. Uh, next up, we got a little AFC West battle. Uh, Kansas City at the LA Chargers in their huge home field crowd. Uh-huh. We got Kansas City laying three on the road with a little bit of juice and 46.5 or so the total. My guess here Kansas City minus 2.5, power rating 2.5, Westgate open 2.5, and, and the look ahead was Kansas City minus 1.5. Like you said, seeing some three with some juice on Kansas City or some three and a half somewhere in that range. It, and then uh, the total is what I'd be looking at here. I already released as a play, actually. Um, as we were speaking, got some movement on the total, some steam. I released at 45.5. It was widely available at the time of release. Pretty much the whole board was 45.5. And, and then now we've got some steam to up to 47 at the Sharper Books, and then there's a few stragglers at 46.5 still, and uh, 46 or 2 still out there. But this is a game I won't be surprised if it gets to 48 by kickoff. It just seems like it was too low to me with Kansas City's offense that maybe is a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but I think it's definitely, they've kind of shown it now for a while. I think you've got to definitely upgrade their offense and they're kind of slinging the ball, slinging a little bit more, gun slinging the ball a little bit more, I guess I should say. So I think it's got to be noted. And obviously we know that with the Chargers team and everyone said this Chargers defense is going to be a lot better. And it's, I think it's improved, but I definitely want to say it's even an above average or close to a top 10 defense yet at least at least from what i've seen so um i think kansas city will be able to do have their way a little bit and i think it's just you know a tad too low and i think it'll be a somewhat of a shootout and that's why i like the the over on the total but now it's kind of getting a little pricey uh especially but might have a little bit of value still like i said i think it might close at 47 and a half 48 would be my guess but as for the side it's I just don't really like buying teams so high. I'm kind of doing that with Denver, but I just felt like that was just a really good number where this Kansas City moved a little bit, but not a ton, and uh, you know through three. But it, I think that the value would definitely be on the Chargers when they haven't won yet and in Kansas City undefeated. So it's kind of a similar situation where I just don't really want to back the, the Kansas City team laying points on the road when 
uh, I think the Chargers team might be decently capable of, of winning, and uh, I won't be surprised at all if they won the game outright. So I'd take the points here, I believe, and I think this number is probably going to be sitting right around here. I don't see a whole lot of movement either way, and if, if, if anywhere, I, I could see some Charger buyback before kickoff to get it down to maybe about a flat three. So if you can get a flat three and a half, I think I'd like that, which kind of sounds like a broken record, but it's just kind of you know the basic philosophy, which I kind of would be thinking for this game. Yeah, I I kind of like the Chargers here a little bit. You got the you know zero and two team that could have not easily, but they they could be two and zero at this point. Even though the um you know the Denver they didn't have a great chance to win the game, but you, you know you never know. And uh, they, basically their kickers just missed a couple kicks here. And then you got Kansas City who's looked about as good as you can at least against New England, and then a fairly decent win there against Philly last week. So, you know, you're feeling pretty good at 2-0 and and getting a little, not necessarily way overvalued, but, you know, getting some support and a lot of talk about being a top-five team in the league, and now you go on the road to a division rival that's played you tough here, and the Chargers are 0-2 and desperate for a win. I think getting three at home here, even even if you end up pushing the game, you know, so be it. That's that's the way the Chargers lose is close, it seems like, most of the time, so... You know, maybe maybe they sneak up on them and, and get a win, or you you got a free chance at a at a push with plus a hundred here. So I I kind of like the Chargers. Uh, not not extremely confident. It's you know not still not more than a field goal unless you're paying a little bit of juice. But if it was up at all, I'd really like the Chargers at three. I definitely like them, and we'll probably have a bet on them here by the end of the week. And then I don't I don't have a super strong opinion on the total like you, but. It seems like, if I remember right, these teams played in a lot of shootouts. I remember last year was week one that Chargers were up like 30, and then Keenan Allen got hurt, and Kansas City came all the way back to beat them. And I remember they played a couple other games like that where it seems like uh, they get in a lot of shootouts here. So I don't know if that uh, matchup history has any effect on this total or just the way they've been playing this year or what. But, yeah, like you said, if uh, you know the, the Chiefs' offense has been pretty decent for a while, uh, is when it used to be kind of considered just a game managing offense. So if, if they've been playing high shootout games in the past, and now Kansas City's even stronger on offense, uh, you know that definitely tends to lean towards an over. So I, I can I can understand that money, even though I don't know if I'll necessarily jump on it myself. Um, then the last of the afternoon games we got is Cincinnati at Green Bay. Looks like Green Bay is about a nine point favorite with a total of forty five or so. Yeah, my guess here Green Bay minus nine. Power rating, Green Bay minus 7.5. Opened at Green Bay 9.5, and, and then look ahead, it was Green Bay 9. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious. I don't know, just sitting right in 8.5, 9 range with the teaser protection line at 9 to the more square books, and then the sharper books are sitting at 8.5 for the, for the most part. So makes sense, and it comes in right between my guess, my power rating, and probably going to have a little bit of value on Cincinnati like you'd expect, just looking about as bad as they possibly can, and... I think they fired their their O coordinator, and then there's talk about sitting Dalton. I think isn't there? Yeah, I know a lot of the players were um, pandering to try to get Kaepernick in there, and then I also heard that there was a report that a handful of them wanted McCarron to start because he was at least somewhat decent last year, and it just seems like Dalton's kind of lost that locker room. So yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah, so it's. Like I said, with a few other teams here that we talked about earlier, so you're probably getting some value on Cincinnati, I'd think, but you really want to take them when they got so many locker room problems and internal issues and haven't looked any good at all, and then you have to play against Green Bay coming off an embarrassing loss on Sunday night football against their playoff revenge that they couldn't do and you know coming back to Lambeau. So it's just a really good spot for Green Bay, I'd say, but you're obviously paying for it with this big price, so... I'd say fairly easy stay away, unless it's just a deal where once it gets a 10, you take Cincinnati out of principle, but even then I'm not even sure if I'd want to bite back on it. Yeah, I'd say spot-wise it's fairly equal for both of them just because Cincinnati's off 0-2 and off a couple disappointing bad losses, but then, yeah, Green Bay's also in a pretty good spot with, like you said, with them uh, off the Sunday night blowout, so um, I think that kind of cancels out a little bit, and I think you're getting a little bit extra value, but going back to the locker room issues and firing the offensive coordinator and and all that um you know i think the points are are somewhat justified so for me it's an easy stay away i don't even necessarily think i'd want to tease green bay especially since you can only get them down to three at most shops it looks like now um but i also i'd be pretty 
be pretty tough talking into Cincinnati too. It just maybe kind of like with the Jets almost. I don't think they're as bad as the Jets, but kind of a wait and see approach if they're going to be live going forward to potentially have a little value at some point, or if they're just kind of a a dead team for the most part and just stay away uh, both ways because you know you're not going to get any value betting against them. So I don't know. We'll wait and see on that one. Uh, the Sunday night game we got is Oakland at Washington. It looks like Oakland's laying three with some juice or maybe some three and a half with some juice to the dog. Uh, fifth total of 53 and a half, 54 or so on Sunday night. Yeah, my guess here, Oakland minus two and a half. Power rating, Oakland minus one and a half. The opener was Oakland three and a half, and the look ahead was Oakland minus four. So, yeah, just pretty much be going with Washington and be my, my look here. And Oakland looked about as good as they can on the offensive side of things last week. It just blew blew out of the water. I mean, their offense has been about one of the few offenses actually that's looked pretty high powered and you know in in sync. There's really not any other offenses I can say. Oh, they looked really good. Uh, Kansas City, I think, could be one, and I can't really even think of anybody else looking up the board. I mean, a little bit of Atlanta, I guess, but Detroit maybe. <laughs> yeah, Detroit to be yeah maybe third, fourth, or fifth somewhere in there, but. Usually there's always a, you know, a good handful, you know, half dozen teams to be like, oh, they're always going to be, you know, super high totals. You can kind of just see that from the totals reflected here this week. So, but uh, so I think they're going to, I think they're going to digress, regress a little bit just from the fact that that was they're, they're going to be playing a little bit harder team. I think Washington. I'm kind of a little bit higher on Washington. I think than everybody else and having them last week as an official play, and I, I, I like them here to stay in this game. And and being at home, so and they they ran the ball pretty well against the Rams last week. So I think Oakland might be a little bit vulnerable to the run on with Washington if they can run the ball successfully. It might open it up for for Cousins to to throw the ball too. So uh, that that'd be and obviously his total is already sitting at fifty four fifty four and a half, which is pretty high and too high for my too high for my, what I want to bet on. But I, I I do like the Washington side here, and, and you'd you'd expect that some public money coming on Oakland too, just as good as they've looked, and they've been a, such a big public team this season and going into uh, most of last year as well. So I'll be kind of waiting out to see if the best price I can get on Washington, but I'll most likely be going back to the well with Washington this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the total being that high, it kind of signifies it's just going to be a shootout, and that's basically what I'd expect. I don't think Oakland can really stop people, and that's why I bet them over last week, And but they can put up some points, that's for sure. So I think it'll be more of the same here with Washington not having the same profile, but they can either kind of the same deal as they're not particularly um, spectacular on defense. But if Cousins, he can he can put some points up. If especially, um, you know, for the most part, it seems like he's he's a solid quarterback and he can kind of match Oakland with points here. Um, you know, getting more than three would be pretty attractive at home with Washington. And yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere but up. There might be a, a little bit of sharp buyback on Washington, but you know the public's going to be all over Oakland. So I think they've been one of the most bet public teams every week here. Uh, I mean, some a lot last year, and then ever since the move to Vegas announcement, even more so. So um, I like the Washington side. Uh, I also I don't feel like completely confident that Cousins is going to trade them blow for blow and and be able to sneak under this number because it's not huge, but. That's definitely the only way I'd look, and I think it's pretty likely uh, there's enough value on Washington here to uh, be pretty competitive at home in the Sunday night underdog role. I like that a decent amount. So that's that's the way I'd look as well. In terms of the total, it's, I think, right up where it should be and really don't have much opinion on it unless it moved drastically. So um, might as well just go right to the final game of the week here. we got the Monday night affair with Dallas and Arizona. Dallas laying three, three and a half on the road. Uh 47, 47 and a half the total. Yeah, my guess here, Dallas minus three. Power rating, Dallas minus four and a half. The opener was Dallas three, and the look at it was Dallas three. It's kind of like I expected with my power rating. I figured some money on Dallas would be coming, and I even put this game higher, another point, or about a point, I guess, higher than what the market's sitting at right now, roughly, so about a point seven five or point two five, I'd say. But I don't know if... It's kind of tough. It's kind of like a pretty similar to this Denver or Atlanta, you know, laying three on the road. It looked, it looked pretty bad last week, but I think the team is solid overall. I think that's what, you know, anybody would say that they're a pretty good team, top five, top ten team, depending on uh, your rankings. But and this Arizona team has just looked horrific for the most part, even though they snuck out a win last week against Indy the last second there, in, uh, or not the last second, but uh, in overtime there. So 
I, I just don't really – I really don't want to back this Arizona team. So you're probably getting a little bit of value maybe, just a t- standard, typical value betting against Dallas. If you're on Arizona, maybe a half a point maybe or so like that. Maybe it's a tad high. But even then, I just don't even – I think the it's the line's a little short, and to be honest. So I I don't really see that value myself. So I'm, I'm not going to be on Arizona. I just don't want to even get in three. It's just with Palmer, and they just looked pretty bad, and I don't really see any signs of that changing. So – I might. I don't know if I'll necessarily be on Dallas on the road here, but after coming off that embarrassing loss to to Denver, getting just kind of blown out almost, I I kind of look to look at Dallas to bounce back here. So I don't, I don't know if I'll actually be on them or not, but that'd be the side I'll be looking at uh, for now. Yeah, I've been trying to bet against Dallas for basically like a year now, and this just isn't the spot to do it. I just don't trust Carson or Arizona at all, and like you said, spot wise. Uh, you think it'd be a decent bounce back spot for Dallas after the Denver blowout, and then Arizona sneaking by the Colts is about as unimpressive a win as you could possibly have. So, uh, just it kind of seems like it lines up for Dallas to come out decently, decently hot here, and uh, I don't have any faith in Arizona to kind of keep pace or or do much them themselves. So, if, if I had to bet it, I'd, I'd lean towards Dallas, but I also just not really a fan of laying points on the road, specifically in primetime games, and specifically the teams I think are overvalued and I don't really trust either. So <laughs> uh, not too strong of a case for me to be made either way here. So I will be on the sidelines on this one. Uh, it'd be nice. I kind of hope one of these teams looks really good, and then maybe we can bet against them when week four. That's kind of my best-case scenario for this game. So that is the uh, the totality of all the games here in week three. So uh, might as well head right on over and uh, get our picks of the weekend, huh? The AS Pick of the Week. So since we both lost last week, it uh, it's still on me, isn't it? I still got the T box. Yeah, and we both bogey. I think you <laughs> by by default still got the T. <laughs> well, hey, it doesn't matter how you how you get there. It's uh, the fact that you do. So I don't know. There's. There isn't really a whole lot that I, there's a lot of bets I like I like a little bit this week. Like yeah, I lean here, I lean there. I think there's a little point here and there, but there isn't really anything that jumps out too much at me. I think I think I'm gonna have to end up taking. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I want to get creative here with a with a teaser involving Carolina. But the problem is, I don't even know if there's anybody I really like <laughs> uh, tacking on to the other side of that. I don't. I think Phillies against the Giants is. I mean, that's that's not a terrible tease, but I also think you know that's. I won't be shocked at all. If Eli pulled out a decent game. Um, you know, Seattle up to eight and a half is tempting, but their offensive line can just kill it for you. The Chargers up to nine are kind of tempting, but. Um, the, the, the problem is getting up to nine isn't bad, but it's like it'd be nice if you could just get up just through the ten there. Like if you get Washington, if that, that game gets up to like four and a half and you could tease Washington up to double digits, I would be super tempted in that. Um, all right, I guess I'm going to end up jumping on that uh, New Orleans-Carolina under. Looks like uh, you can still get a, what, 47 and a half. Is that fair or is that 47 now, what do you think? Yeah, there's a few 47 and a half, but I mean, most of the ones I'm looking at are in Vegas. I'd say 47 is probably the most yeah, widely available. Looks like offshore, 47 is kind of the majority number, even though you could pick off a few in Vegas. So I'll, I'll go with under 47 in that New Orleans Carolina game. Yeah, well, I think you're looking into my play there because I was going to take a teaser here, is what I was thinking, um, depending on what. I think there's quite, a, there's quite a few eight and a halfs available for Green Bay. I think I'm going to tease them down to two and a half and uh i think i'll pair them i'll just take pittsburgh and tease them down to whatever one in it what is that i guess seven and a half or seven depending on the book what do you see there for the number at pittsburgh uh, i'd say mostly seven and a half so you, i'd say tease them down to one and a half yeah so i'll just do that pretty square bear play but it just seems like both those teams i think pretty much is asking them to win so I'll take Pittsburgh on the road, lane one and a half with the one part of the teaser, and then uh, part two of the teaser would be Green Bay uh, laying two and a half against Cincy at home. Yeah, it is amazing when you look at those markets. Like Green Bay is pretty much painted nine in Vegas, but offshore they're like all eight and a halves. 
And then on the flip side, Pittsburgh's like all seven almost offshore and then all seven and a half in Vegas. So it is kind of amazing how, um, you know, drastic the markets can be. And usually Vegas is the, the trailing behind that. Contrary to popular belief, the offshore markets are usually the first to move and probably the most efficient. So yeah, everybody talks about how sharp Vegas is, but yeah, it's really the exact opposite. They're pretty much the copycats of the, the, the betting world. They're always, even just when these moves I'm looking at that I mentioned earlier, Casey uh, Chargers move the New Orleans Carolina under move every time it's uh, the Vegas books are always lagging behind by a good anywhere from one minute to seven eight minutes more than the you know the offshore books so people just don't understand that but that's definitely the definitely the case yep there's a lot lot more money being wagered offshore and you know by local bookies and whatnot than there are uh, than there than there is in Vegas so um, but you know that's the, definitely for the benefit of you and other people that have Vegas books available to to bet at. So if you can see moves offshore like that and then jump on them before the Vegas, that's definitely to your benefit, and you might as well take advantage of it, right? Yeah, definitely. So anyway, all right. Well, that's uh, the week three pod here. You got any closing thoughts? No, not really. I like you said. I kind of agree. It's just uh, it's a it's a card where there's some there's some Definitely some discrepancies in my numbers, but there's not anything that jumps off the page other than that Denver that I already took advantage of and slightly that Kansas City total that's kind of getting hit. But there's really nothing that I've seen, like specifically right now, where it's kind of shaping up a little bit. I really don't see much where I'm like, oh, that's just a, 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 something I really need to jump on. So we'll see if I can find something. And usually that happens down the down the week here. It'll be some movement that might be able to get some value. Like I said, there's already three, four, four games I kind of spotted out and put an asterisk next to waiting to see uh, – if uh they move a little bit so i can get a little bit of value coming back so kind of just wait and see and you know, make sure you check out the website for any plays that are released and also the other tool that's pretty useful i haven't mentioned on the podcast yet is that line watcher that i uh that i created but that's when anything i release or if i'm waiting for a play to come out i'll always watch the line and it'll tell you if it moves on you know if it moves your way or against it whatever it'll just give you a push notification tell you that the line moved on the game that you're watching whether it be a side total or what have you so that's uh, pretty useful if you're kind of waiting for a number to pop up at one of the books that you have yeah absolutely it's all about getting the best of the number more about betting the number than it is about betting the team so i uh, agree with you there and so check that out like you said check out runsports.com and uh you know good luck to everybody here in week three and we'll be back with some strong opinions in week four hopefully Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.